good number of us finished the search retreat earlier today. We were busy this weekend with that. And, you know, often after a retreat, both here at Carroll, but also in other contexts, I've often heard the statement, well, back to the real world now. I've always wondered why we say that. I even brought it up to the searchers. Why do we say that? Back to the real world now. As if taking time to be intentional and in very real communion with God and with other people so that we might grow in faith and friendship and learn more about our own hearts and what our lives are about is somehow less real than scrolling through Instagram stories for hours and then banging out an online homework assignment and submitting it two minutes before the midnight deadline if Carol's internet is up and running at the time. Which of those worlds is more real? Friends, this Palm Sunday, Passion Sunday, there's nothing more real than what we just heard proclaimed. And what we do this Holy Week, there's nothing more real than what we immerse ourselves in. The mysteries of our salvation, they're not abstractions. Jesus' passion, his death, and his resurrection. They're not just abstractions. They're concrete realities. They're not locked in the past. They have power, and power to change our lives right now, every one of us. And so we beg the Lord for the grace to enter in to the saving mysteries, to this holy week. I know we just heard a really long gospel from Matthew. I'd encourage you to go back and pray with it again. Take some time on your own. Just grab your Bible and and read the passion narrative we heard from Matthew. Read the passion narrative again. And watch how Jesus moves. Watch how he is throughout. Because he has so much to show us. You see, to live humanly and the way God wants us to live We have to engage reality. That's why I'm talking about what's real, what is the real world, what's actually real. But friends, engaging reality is no easy task. There's so many temptations to flee from reality. You see that so often in this current cultural climate that we're in. So many of the really popular ideologies that are presented and forced upon us are flights from reality. And so they're out there but also in here, every one of our hearts, it's easier to flee reality or at least distract ourselves from it. And hence the reason we spend hours scrolling through Instagram stories or looking up things and then looking up more things and going down weird rabbit holes and just wasting time because it's easier to step away and numb ourselves to realities, especially hard things that are realities, than to engage them. But that's no way to live. That's no way to live. And Jesus shows us a different way. You see, he steadfastly and resolutely engages reality. He does it with such courage and conviction all throughout his life, but at the end of his life, he engages the hardest reality. He engages the very mission for which he came, to set his people free, to save us from our sins. 
I listened to a priest earlier this week. He had a great line that has just stayed with me. He said, Jesus shows a voluntary, radical acceptance of reality. Voluntary and radical. So voluntary. Voluntas in Latin, to will. So he wills to engage reality. Read the Passion narrative again and look how Jesus wills it. He doesn't like it. He's human as well as divine. His humanity, he begs his father three times, let this cup pass me by. Let this cup pass me by. Let this cup pass me by. But not as I will, but as you will. So he wills it. He chooses to drink the cup the father has offered to him. That willing is so important because then Jesus isn't a passive victim. But because he chooses it, he makes his life an offering, an offering of trust, a sacrifice of trust to his father. He's no passive victim. In John's gospel, Jesus says, no one takes my life from me. Freely I lay it down and freely I'll take it up again. So he voluntarily accepts reality. He engages it. But he also does so in a radical way. Radical, the Latin, means to the root. To the root, to the very root. Jesus accepts all of his reality, his whole life long, all of it. And that's so important for us to see him doing that. See, he doesn't just accept the good parts of his life and then reject the hard parts. He doesn't just enjoy Nazareth with Mary and Joseph in the simplicity of the hidden life. He also accepts Jerusalem, the big city, with its chaos and political intrigue and its spiritual corruption. Jesus accepts both. He doesn't just accept the friendship and the laughter of his disciples as they're traveling around preaching. He also accepts their weakness, their fear, their betrayal, their abandonment of him. He accepts all of that reality. He doesn't just preach about God's love. He also, in his very person, does battle with sin and with its consequence, death. He doesn't just accept the hosannas that the people sang when he entered Jerusalem. He also accepts that same crowd crying out, crucify him, crucify him. Jesus accepts all of reality in a radical way. He doesn't flee the hard stuff. I don't know if you noticed in this reading, the last temptation of Christ in this gospel passage from Matthew is precisely to come down from the cross. People who see him hanging in agony, they revile their heads and shake them and say, you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself if you are the son of God and come down from the cross. And likewise, the chief priests and the scribes, he saved others. He can't save himself. So he is the king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross now and we will believe in him. But friends, Jesus won't do that. It's the very thing he won't do. 
is come down from the cross because he'll give all of himself in a voluntary and radical way, accepting the reality that needs to be engaged. And he'll meet that reality with his own love, with his own heart, with all of who he is. He offers himself to the Father for our sake so that we might be set free. And friends, that is the pattern that all of us have chosen to follow. If we profess the name Christian, we follow him. We cannot have the resurrection without the cross. We have to go through the cross and every one of us has to do it. We can't flee reality. Every person here, all of us, we have something that we are afraid of, something that we want to reject, something that we want to run from that is a real thing in our lives. And the question becomes, what will we do? Will we flee? Will we distract ourselves to oblivion? Will we numb ourselves up with so many of the numbing agents that are so accessible in this culture? Or will we stand and face reality? Will we embrace the cross that is the condition of discipleship? Jesus says, if you want to be my disciple, you have to take up your cross daily. Can we do that? And of course, on our own, no. But we're not on our own. When we engage reality, especially those deep and hard spiritual realities, especially those things in us that are not good, our own weakness, our own limitations, friends, even our own sin, if we engage that reality, what we find is that we're not alone. Because every time we engage reality, we'll find Jesus. Because Jesus is ultimate reality. He's God. And God is ultimate reality. That's why God will only meet us in our realities, not in our fantasies. That's why the flight away from reality is so deadly in our own souls and in our culture. Because we flee reality, we flee God. But if we face reality, then we find him. And we find that we're not alone. And we don't bear the cross by ourselves. We find him and we find his love and that love is strong enough to keep us moving forward. It's strong enough to heal our hearts. It's strong enough to set us free. It's strong enough for us to become victorious. But we have to embrace the cross. There's no other way. There's no other way. We embrace the cross. We find Jesus who saves us and we'll win, we'll be victorious. Resurrection will happen, even if part of us has to die, even if a significant part of us has to die. But we know the story. Death and then life, cross and then crown, the tomb and then resurrection. Life always wins, love always wins in and through Jesus Christ. Do you know the goal of your Christian life? The whole goal is for your heart to begin to be like Jesus' heart. 
that your heart and his heart would be one. His heart is pierced because he didn't flee reality. His heart is pierced, but that piercing of his heart is the triumph of love because it's from that heart that blood and water flow to the whole world, baptism and Eucharist, the sacraments that save us, his love. If we follow him, our hearts also will be pierced. But that is not a sign of defeat. It's a sign of great victory. And friends, if our hearts look like his, then our hearts will be truly real. And that's what this week is about. Reality. The greatest reality of all. Sin swallowed up by salvation flowing from the pierced heart of Jesus. My dear friends, nothing is more real than that.